In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 315. That's right. What are we talking about tonight? We are going to be talking about... Actually, now it kind of makes a, a, makes liars out of us, so I will take credit. It makes a liar out of me more, even though we're changing the topic, not because of out of necessity based on uh, not me not having the Earth One <laughs> graphic novel, but because it's... More there's more topical stuff that's kind of like more I think a little more I think we both hopefully agree that's a little more relevant to talk about to, to, to turn around an episode real quick. So we're going to talk about the Infinity War trailer, which was pretty impressive and that seemed to get a lot of people talking. And when did that come out? Was it Friday that came out? Uh, I think so. I think so too. And then we're going to talk about some actual big Green Lantern news. Should we should we say what it is or just? Yeah, no, it's not like it, it's not like we should be teasing it for any yeah, reason. Yeah, especially yeah. by the time this comes out. Okay, so we'll be we'll be talking about the uh, countdown to Robert Venditti leaving Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps since that since his end his shelf life is expiring. That has been announced that he's you know he is handing in his first few, you know work handing in and working on his final few issues now. Um, so we're going to be talking about that and a few other little few other little tidbits. So. That's pretty much going to be the game plan anyway for this episode. Yeah, so if you tune in for Earth One Talk, blame Mark. <laughs> yes, uh, I will. I will. I will take that. It just because seemed... I have it right here. Yeah, <laughs> and no, mine has not arrived yet. No, mine is still supposed to arrive tomorrow. So I. Th- so again, we could have done that, and we maybe could have jammed it all into one episode. But it seems like I think we're entitled to a, a relatively short. Well, Kind of like almost like a pop topic kind of episode. So, and depending on how things go, we could actually get two episodes worth of material out of Earth One. But that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> that's true. Um. So yeah. All right. So uh, Avengers: Infinity War trailer talk. So we should probably I don't know watch the trailer. So let's do that. There was an idea. That's not it, is no, it? No, that's the wrong one. That isn't. Uh, it's stupid. Hold on, I'll give you the link if you need the link. Nah, I, I got it. It's just uh, the, there was a it pulled up the wrong stupid one. I know <sighs> some, some of them have it combined, so that could be it too. You may have had the one yeah. that was combined. Cause I, I got, got it. Here we go. Okay. All right, here we go. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. 
wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the infinity stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants. So that's what we use. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Wow. Spider-Man. That's right. Get tickets now, which I already did. <laughs> I've got four seats opening night. Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to try to get for the, the – I think I'm going to get tickets for the fan event, which starts at 6 o'clock that night instead of the 7 o'clock showings. I think I'm going to try to pick those up this week and get those because I really want to see I, – I, I mean, I always wanted to see it, but I, I originally was going to be flexible that instead of maybe if I didn't see it Thursday night, because it'll be obviously busier Thursday night, then maybe I was going to wait to like to do an early an early showing on Friday, be like a late late morning, one of the earlier showings they have on Friday. But now I want to I want to I want to see it on opening night. I want to see it not not be, again. Obviously, from if you've listened to these shows before, it's not like because oh I don't want to be spoiled. I'm sure I will be completely spoiled before I go see it, even even the early showing. The six o'clock showing for the fan event, but I still I just want to see it because it just looks really really good. <laughs> yeah, I got four seats for uh, for opening night about like eight fifteen or so, and uh, didn't have to pay a dime. <laughs> I always like rubbing that in people's faces. I, I haven't paid for a movie in freaking forever, uh, so I'm I'm excited to see it for sure. I as soon as uh, I saw that the tickets were live, that's. Uh, that's when I went online and snagged my uh, my tickets. So. And yet you don't feel cheap about exchanging sexual favors for tickets, Chad. I'm, I'm ashamed of you. Hey, I mean, if you saw the way she looked. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do kidding. what you got to do, man. <laughs> it's a win-win. Times, times are tough out there. Oh, man. Oh. I think I'm going to insert a song in the background right there. <laughs> So what are you thinking? Uh, How about you turning tricks? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I mean, it's 
it's got that problem that a lot of the Marvel trailers have had lately, and I, it's got this. It's it's got almost the same sort of problem that uh, that I felt like uh, Age of Ultron had. It's a lot of sepia tones. What is with the Marvel sepia tones? I don't, I don't, like, that's the only criticism I could give it if I was going to give a criticism. Otherwise, I enjoyed it, but it's just like, what is with all the sepia? You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. I, excuse me, I don't, I don't, I don't focus in on that stuff, even though, again, for Ultron, a lot of that stuff was, was plot, uh, driven because we know a lot a lot of the off-color stuff related to stuff with going on with the Scarlet Witch besides the stuff that was besides the iron you know stuff related to uh, like iron the Iron Man Hulkbuster Hulk clash thing that I most of the most of the colors to me in that and those and those trailers were just all they were kind of had had to do with the, I think some of what the Scarlet Witch was doing in the movie I honestly didn't pay I didn't pay that much attention to it uh, this time. Um, let me let me just play it again while you're talking, since I have, since I'm muted anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, the sepia tones. This seems like I mean, it's not as bad in this trailer as it was like for Age of Ultron, but it's just like I, I did definitely notice it a bit more here. Uh, another thing uh, I was just gonna bring up, I made it. I actually made it my uh, my cover photo on Facebook for my profile today. But uh, Gamora's quote at the beginning, like that he could wipe out half the universe with a snap of his finger, like he could do it like that, is actually from the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, where he literally, he's got all the Infinity Stones on the gauntlet, lifts his hand, and then snaps. So that is, that's that's taken directly from the comic. So that was cool to see because we all know that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has definitely taken liberties with storylines before. I'm looking at you, Civil War, but um, but they had to. So they had to in Civil War. If they were going to do true, a story, true. Yeah, but I'm just I, I'm not faulting them for that. I'm just saying it's it's a fact of the MCU at this point. So it's it's nice to see such a huge storyline lifting stuff straight out of the comics. Um, because I mean, it's one thing to have like an origin story lifts some stuff straight out of the comics or, you know, like the black Panther stuff relies pretty heavily on Christopher priests run and, and stuff like that. Um, but it's yet another thing to have this huge culmination story happening in, uh, infinity war, the film and, uh, them not, I mean, they're, they're, they're clearly taking liberties with it because of the characters involved versus the characters involved in the comic. But, uh, it's just cool to see, like a really huge shout out right there, right there on the uh, on the screen. Especially to begin the trailer. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, now that I see it up close, I don't know how I feel about Peter's Iron Spider costume. Yeah, it can go either way. I mean, you know what I it am- reminds me of the 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 stuff that's on Thor's arms. Yeah. The sword. Yeah. yeah I but 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 like bigger pieces. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, I mean, given given the opportunity or given the overall choice, I think I would prefer him to be in in the you know the homecoming Civil War suit. But based on what we're dealing with and everything else, I per, certainly from my plot perspective, it's a perfect excuse to to be able to get him in to get him into that armor because it it based yeah based on the overall th- 
you know threat level that they're dealing with that he definitely needs more of an armor based outfit than just you know twenty than a cloth based outfit so <clears throat> so I I but I agree I think it I I don't know but then again I'm not necessarily sold on and Tony's new armor either so but yeah with a little. Mermaid tail rocket. Yeah, about the bleeding edge. Is that what that is? The bleeding edge armor. This is this supposedly is their version thereof. Uh, one of the things I that struck me by this, it was kind of cool seeing Gamora up up close and and center in this, but you kind of figured all along she was going to be, which also speaks volumes about the on the other end of the spectrum that Nebula remains, you know, completely obscure and unseen which probably is, makes you really wonder how big a role and I mean in a positive way that ne- that Nebula may very well have a huge role in defeating Thanos but by showing her you may be tipping your hand too much depending on what you know, how much she's in the movie maybe she's not in it much but the, but the role that she plays is huge that I, I liked having Gamora up front and center and also I also got this is this is just me I also got a big kick out of watching so many, you know, fan, fan reaction trailer, uh, fan reaction to the trailer videos, and it seemed like so many people, for whatever reason, and I can't quite figure it out, seemed puzzled when they showed the scene of the little green-handed girl taking taking Thanos's hand, and it seemed like that watching the reactions, like, what's going on here? It's like, I don't quite understand why they. That was an instantaneous that people didn't realize that that was that was like a flashback to Gamora, because that seemed like. Hello, <laughs> but I, I just kind of. But it seemed like that was a f- fairly common. That was a fairly common reaction that there was a look of befuddlement on people's faces when you're wa- and they're watching the trailer. Is it a flashback? Of course it's a flashback. <laughs> I mean, it's, we know Gamora was raised by him, and it's, we don't know that. I mean, yeah, she's not the only green. She may, she may be the only one theoretically of her of her race, but she, we know she's not the only green chick in the universe. But come on. So I just I thought I thought that was I thought that was a little <clears throat> I thought that was a little interesting. You brought up uh, Gamora and uh, and uh, Nebula. Um, we talked about this on Facebook. It also makes me curious about Drax's role in all this because Drax, a big part of Drax's character arc, basically the only part of Drax's character arc, is what happened to his family, and, and this has been spanning across both Guardians movies. So to not have Drax involved in the defeat of Thanos, and I don't mean just as as part of the team, but directly involved in the defeat of Thanos himself, um, would be a huge cheat to his character arc. Yes, and like like we talked about, there there are a bunch, there are, and obviously, it's, it's hard to say there's going to be spoilers in this because it's not like Chad and I know what's going to happen so it's, it's it's going to be speculation in this in this episode so for but for some people reporting different rumors and things that counts as spoilers so this is your this is your this is your warning if you haven't figured it out yet uh, but one of the things one one of the things that's been that had been circulating for a couple months now was how uh, what Dave Dave Batista there was kind of like talking about maybe coming back to the WWE for for an ex, for an ex, for a run and things like that. So that kind of like raised the speculation that that he was not going to be that he was going to basically have time on his hands because obviously Guardians 3 is supposed to film relatively soon. So a lot of the speculation is that, you know, he 
he won't be in Guardians 3, and thus that would indicate that he will die in Infinity War, thus going on, you know, fulfilling kind of what Drax's real, what his comic book destiny kind of seems to be to be, you know, to kill, to be almost engineered to kill Thanos. And that could very well be true for Nebula as well, that I think it would make perfect sense, actually, if if we are to believe that whether it's in Avengers 3, no matter how Avengers 3 and Avengers 4 fit together, because they keep saying, and Chad and I talked about this too, they keep saying that Avengers 3 and 4 are not literally two parts of the same movie, they're not part 1 part 2. That Although they, they initially announced them yes, much, the much, very much, first time right. as part 1 and part 2. Right, much like the Justice League was supposed to be a 2. And obviously, and obviously if Marvel has changed their their uh, tune, it's not the same reason why, <laughs> why Warner Brothers and DC has changed their their uh, Justice League tune. It's not because of negative reaction or box office. It's just because they changed uh, direction in, in midstream. But either way, you would have you you think, would have to think that which which whether it's just in Infinity War or whether Thanos' total his final fate carries over into the next Avengers movie, that you would it would make perfect sense also for, for because of who Nebula is, because of what her goal ultimately is. She's seemingly you know Guardians two she she's kind of made peace with uh, with Gamora on the surface as much as she as she probably could allow herself to. That it would make perfect sense for her arc to end in with Thanos's arc, because she, and what, I mean yes you could come up with a reason for her to li- you know stories to tell with her especially if she would be part of Guardians proper, but if, and that's maybe something we'll after we get done breaking down this trailer maybe that's something we can spend a few minutes with too just like kind of like ran, 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 ranking our characters as in who 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 we think the likelihood of them dying you know, the most likely characters that are going to die in this movie and st- as in, and stay dead that uh, I think I do think overall the Nebula's got to be pretty she's got to be pretty high on that list too which will suck because I like Karen Gillian a lot I mean I I one of the things which is completely a, a, a quick aside here I think it's interesting how the makeup gives you completely different impressions of like Nebula and Gamora like I don't think the makeup on for Gamora and Zoe Zaldana makes her look particularly attractive, but she's attractive because you know it's Zoe Zaldana underneath. And, and her voice, too. Karen Gillian is the complete opposite. Because of the way that makeup is on Karen Gillian, that you focus exact... That even even though the majority of her face is like blue, you, you just see her face. There's no hair in the way. You just see how pretty her actual face is. And I yeah. think that... And I, that's, I find that an interesting contrast, that, that the makeup actually, to me, accentuates how naturally attractive Karen Gillian's faces and she plays that character so well I mean she you know even though you know it's been a villain for the most part we could kind of we kind of see her being not really as much of one in Guardians 2 since she did do a lot of things even when they seemed questionable at the time she seemed to have a she was trying to at least borderline look out for some characters even when it didn't seem like she was so I kind of so I I will be sad if they you know I will be sad if they if Nebula it, but I do, but and I do think it's probably not a coincidence that you know she is absent pretty much from all these trailers so far. It'd be interesting if she didn't die. Uh, by that I mean, uh, would be interesting if she didn't die because if you think of her personality compared to Drax's, they both bring the same thing to the table for the most part. The more severe, you know, 
doesn't understand a joke sort of personality. So if Drax dies and she doesn't, but she becomes a member of the Guardians team, first of all, you have another female, which we all know everybody's, you know, uh, on on the diversity gung-ho bandwagon. So, I mean, so long as it works, it's fine. But in uh, the moment it's... (laughs) It's it's uh it started being pursued in sacrifice of the story then then we're in trouble but Guardians is a train that can't be stopped so uh, having Nebula and Gamora this kind of sibling rivalry thing sibling thing happening having the team grieving over Drax but uh, Nebula's still there and what's going on there and you're not Drax you'll never you know you'll never replace him you know that sort of I could see them doing something like that, where they kill Drax but keep Nebula. Yes, and they could do some of that too, because also as Groot continues to get bigger, Groot will be Groot will be more in a position to become the a pure, the pure muscle of the team. Yeah. So, so which at the moment at the moment clearly it's Drax. In the first movie it was kind of both of them, but again as Groot grows back to adulthood, then then he would he would could he could fill that role. That Drax fills as you know as the as the raw as the raw muscle. It also would be interesting to see how, and this kind of plays into part of, part of what we see in the trailer too. But obviously the Nebula Gamora relationship, as opposed to the you know on the opposite side of the Loki Thor relationship. Yeah, they're pretty much two sides of the same coin. And much and while we haven't seen pretty much Nebula at all, the only thing the only footage we've ever seen so far of Loki from the from Infinity War is pretty much stuff that seems to be you could take it to the bank that's going to happen in the very beginning of the movie when Thanos arrives on that ship that left from at the end of Ragnarok and basically forces Loki to give him the Tesseract which opens the door to a you know obviously it opens the door to multiple possibilities either you know some people speculate oh Loki's going to die early in the movie and if that's which I kind of have a hard time. They could now they could do that. They could do it just to send a message to people, right? Like in the first like five minutes of the movie, that all bets are off, that they're willing to kill such a major character that's been that's fairly popular, despite as much of a douchebag as he has been on and off for the you know for the past like uh, ten years, well less than ten for for Thor, but give or take. For, uh, but the reality is. They also, it also could be that Loki could also, much like Nebula, Loki could have a huge role to play potentially in resolving things, and they just don't want to tease that, so they just keep showing you the footage of you know Loki more or less being forced by you know by Thanos and the Black Order to turn over the test to test the Tesseract. So I think that's yeah. I'm not sure how you feel about him, but uh, um, Kevin Smith, um, he's he's been talking quite a bit how. The, the the character with the most clear arc in the entire MCU from his vantage point seems to be Loki, and that he is 100% convinced that Loki's going to die. I... I mean, as a con- Kevin Smith is a huge comic book yes. nerd, we all know that. Uh, and plus, he's in the film industry and all this other stuff as both writer and director. He's He said himself multiple times, he's like, when other people come up with shit, he's like, man, I couldn't even fucking thought of that. That just goes to show you, like, I'm not the top tier in Hollywood. Like, I don't even think of this shit. <laughs> so, I mean, he he throws that out of there himself. But, I mean, so it's not like his opinion means more than any of our right. any of ours. I but, but, but I did hear it, and I was like, I mean, he's kind of right on the, on the, on the premise that what he said in terms of Loki has 
probably the most clear arc thus far of any character in the MCU. And I think I think it would also depend on how how he died. I mean, if, I mean, again, I mean, I think it's safe to say that if he's going to die, I mean, well, it's, let me take that back. It's not really safe to say because he, he it could it could be misdirection. He could die later on in the movie, but doing something you know doing something quote unquote heroic or, or sacrificing himself. He does not necessarily have to die in the first five minutes of the movie. If he was going to die in the first five minutes of the movie, you'd like to think maybe he because you could very easily come up with an idea that you know he gives a te- he gives a tesseract he or he gives a tesseract to Thanos and maybe right before you know Thanos does what he does with it or right at, or maybe after he crushes it which we see in this trailer to get the stone out of it that maybe Loki does one final thing to, in which maybe that explains why the Hulk gets sent back to Earth. Maybe it explains why Thor is sent to a different part of space where he ends up with the Guardians. So maybe Loki does that and scatters Thor and the Hulk on purpose to try to you know to try to keep resistance alive potentially down the road to fight Thanos and that, and by doing that that angers Thanos and he ends up killing Loki. So if something like that happens, that would be cool. I would I would hate to see Loki die just after more or less he just gave him the Tesseract and he thinks it's going to be okay and then then. Then he just turns on Loki and kills him. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, of, of course, the big scene that everybody's talking about: Cap holding his own against Thanos. Which is a cool, which is a really cool scene because it because despite what some people have said, that make it sound like oh Thanos is not struggling at all. If you actually look at his face, there is a little bit of there is a little bit of struggle on Thanos. Uh, a little, a little bit of struggle, but more like. Amusement or bewilderment, maybe about what's going. Yeah, on. he, yeah, yeah, he's looking at it like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, don't. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's not like. It's not like. Nor would it make sense to for Cap on any level to be able to match him on strength, probably even if he didn't have the gauntlet. But, but some people made it sound like, oh, you know, there's there's like no. There's a there's a, at least a little bit of look of either bewilderment and and maybe a little and maybe a little bit of surprise that there is a little bit of resistance, kind of like. Not quite in the same vein, but similar similar to how Thor looked when Cap budged the hammer in Ultron for a second, when he was really cocky, yeah. and then he saw, th- then he saw him move it for a second, and all of a sudden he got dead serious. Um, to me, that is an aw- that was an awesome way. Not counting the you know the, the cute little scene we'll talk about at you know after the little the, the little after, if you want, after after credit scene in the trailer with with Doctor Strange and. And Peter, but as the, to end the actual main part of the trailer, that's a really cool scene. It's it's spliced and edited perfectly because it shows because you you have both Iron Man and Cap in pretty much in serious peril because that thing sliced together. Like obviously when Thanos is jumping in the air, that's from his fight with Iron Man and seemingly the Guardian and Peter Quill and Doctor Strange on. Which seems to be on Titan, and that's sliced together with the with Cap and everything that's going on in Wakanda, when Cap is is holding you know, the Infinity Gauntlet. But it's also interesting to see in like all these fights that Thanos is nowhere near close to filling the Infinity Gauntlet, that he only has a couple of couple of visible stones, and there's a couple of gaps in in the glove at least. So we know he when when that scene occurs, certainly in Wakanda, that he does not have all the stones. Yeah, he's got the power gem and he's got the soul, the space gem. Yeah, he's got the he's got the he's got the tesseract and he's got the one the friggin' the Nova Corps is supposed to be holding. Right. Uh, so which, I, which which makes me curious if we're even going to see that at all. 
maybe in a maybe in a flashback, or maybe maybe or yeah. maybe there'll be like a distress signal or something that gets picked up, whether it's by the guardians or something, so people know. Because even be, just because if that, in that beginning scene, that's another thing where it looks like it's really good editing. Because in the beginning scene, where it looks like Gamora, Gamora is obviously telling the story of Thanos, but she's not necessarily really telling it to Tony Stark. It's just the way yeah, it's, because that that first scene, she's she's they're definitely on. Uh, what's the name of Star Lord ship? I know it has a name. The Milano, as in yeah, as in, yeah, as in Alyssa Milano, which is why. Yeah, the, the the they're on the Milano. But when she does, uh, when she says Thanos, they're in uh, Doctor Strange's yes. place. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I think, yeah. So I think, so it's very, it's very, very possible that the first part of it's the, the Thor. Yes, exactly. That I have that yeah. I would bet on that the exposition in that scene is after Thor's come after like Mantis brings Thor back online and they're and they're kind of all recapping every they're comparing notes essentially and then that's when Gamora gives Thor. You know the back. Seemingly, it will, that's what looks like how the pieces would fit. Which then will, which is interesting. Just looking at this trailer as a whole, it kind of gives you the idea. When it may not be true, of course, because editing is a wonderful thing. That it almost looks like there's going to be not counting Thanos himself. It looks like there's going to be almost like the, the group's going to like be split into thirds. That you're going to have the the group that's in space or trying to take on. Thanos, like on Titan or wherever, which is going to be Star Lord and seemingly Spider Man and Iron Man and Doctor Strange, and then you have the obviously the Wakanda group, which pretty much seems like it's almost all the Avengers that are on Wak- the most of the Avengers that we know of are really in Wakanda, and then there's the even though this may this it may not be this may be a small excursion, and then Thor will arrive in which is probably what will happen. Thor will arrive in one of the two places at the right time. But then you have the Thor excursion with Groot and Rocket when Thor goes off basically to uh, to forge his new weapon. So it just seems like there's kind of like three different three different missions here going on at the same time for the for the and that's just related to the heroes that we see. Obviously, there's, there's a bunch of heroes, including as people have interestingly seem to go bat, a little batshit crazy over how no how we haven't seen Hawkeye yet. Um, which I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Hawkeye a lot more now than I ever did when we when the first Avengers came out. But I don't think I'd be losing sleep over where Hawkeye is. <laughs> but I mean, everybody's talking about Peter Dinklage. Yes, and, yes, and that again, based on things that I've read, that's supposed to be the rumor is that he, whether it's I forget in the Marvel universe, whether it's the dwarves that relate to uh, forging weapons, but supposedly that's. That's the character that he plays is related to Thor going off with Groot and Rocket to basically to forge his own weapon, which relates to you know to uh, you know when when we see when we see Thor in that big machine with his with his, with his hands in it and everything. That supposedly all relates to Thor forge forging you know forging his new weapon. So that so is Loki supposed to be one of the four horsemen? That's apocalypse. No, yeah, no, not the, not the, not the horseman. I'll, I'll, one of Titan. No, okay, so never mind. I got the trailer paused when you see Loki in this one. Oh, with the Black Order. Yeah, the Black Order. That's their name. So no, they're they're holding him hostage. Yeah, yeah. So, so no, yeah, they're they're definitely on the ship that Thanos is attacked because it looks like there's Asgardians laying all yes, around them right and now. And even and even in the original trailer we saw, that's kind of what that's. 
I mean, you could they could have they could have looked at it differently, and you could have thought, oh, maybe was he back in New York or something? No, but yeah, I think I think a, I think just like Thor getting his head crushed, that's that I'm sure that's on the yeah. show too. Yeah, so, and that's probably the same scene, but the uh, a different take is Loki in this scene is looking at Thanos holding Thor's head in his hand, probably asking, "Where the hell's my where's where's my uh, cosmic cube?" Yeah, very 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 like very very likely. So again, it's very it's it's. Certainly, there's a strong possibility, I think, whether he dies in that scene or not, that Loki does something to get Thor and Hulk out of there before Thanos and the Black Order can, you know, can kill them. And that, and so whether Loki get Loki just you know disappears on his own before Thanos can kill him, or whether Thanos kills him in, is you know, in, as an act of vengeance for doing that. But I think it's, but I do think. I don't think it's, you know, I certainly don't think it's going to be Loki, be, Loki being a douchebag and then Loki hanging around with the Black Order because there's certainly no reason to think that. Just doesn't mean it can't happen, but there's no reason, certainly based on what we've seen, to suspect that's going to happen. And plus, we have to figure out a, a way for for Bruce Banner to get back on Earth and for Thor to end up with the Guardians. So it would seem very likely that whether Loki uses a Tesseract to do it or whether he uses his own powers to do it, that he sends, he scatters them. And that enables them to end up where they end up and keep. So, I wouldn't be surprised if Loki dies, and if, and Loki may go out, you know, as as heroically as he could. He may be just. I mean, who knows? He may be doing it partially, not just to save because of some still whatever ties he still has deep down to Thor, but because who knows if there's. We don't know what this. How many? How many? If any, Asgardians are still alive on that ship? So we don't know. I mean, Thor could be the last Asgardian left at that point. So he. I don't know that. I mean, I'm very interested. To, I, I think that yeah, I'm very interested to see how the movie begins, and not just because, and not from the sense that we kind of assume, unless we get a prologue, we kind of assume that the real beat of the movie is going to pick up where Ragnarok left off. But I'm just curious to see what Loki, you know, what Loki's role is, and whether that's it for Loki, you know, whether again, whether they they off him or seemingly off him in the beginning, and that, and then. So yeah, I, so I'm 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 interested in that. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I do. I really like. Obviously, the 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 whole the whole Star Lord and Iron Man thing was was pretty classic. I mean, that was. I think a, a lot of people have been waiting to see these two characters on the screen interact, and we know we were going to see that because they because we knew Chris Pratt and Robert Downey Jr. had filmed scenes together a long time ago. That seemingly early on. In the Infinity War production, but seeing them together like that—that's kind of seeing all those egos clash, which is going to be part of the fun of the movie. Seeing the yeah. personalities clash: Star Lord with Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, and Tony Stark. All these different people. All you know, a lot of a lot of the a lot of the egos, and see how they how they interact. Yeah, and uh, back to Peter Dinklage for a second. I, I'm more, I'm more. I tend to agree with you more on what's happening with the the, the trolls and everything. Uh, forging, I don't know, maybe Stormbreaker or something like that. Um, uh, but uh, the uh, another prevalent rumor, which I like, don't get me wrong, I do like, is him being Pip the Troll from the Adam Warlocks uh, side of things. Which don't get me wrong, I would love that, but they're not gonna they're not gonna introduce Adam Warlock of all characters in this film. That's there's too much shit happening for them to. Uh, to introduce a character of the power and caliber of Adam Warlock. And if they do introduce him, 
Uh, it'll be for a brief second as I think potential setup for what will happen for Guardians 3 slash what happens to the Infinity Stones once Thanos is defeated. Right. Because remember, Warlock was a big part of Adam Warlock and the Infinity Watch. Yeah, I I don't think... And again, this this, this is the problem. You, you never know. I mean, some it's like a catch-22. Even for studios, it's a catch-22. Obviously, if you're trying to hold something back, you're going to deny it if people ask you, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. This character's not going to show up. Even if you know they are, you're not going to tell people that because you want to surprise people. But it's all... It, it's also where you know if they're not you keep denying it, keep denying it, keep denying it, and people will still want to keep believing it no matter what till they actually see it, and they still could be disappointed. I don't think we'll see Adam. War- it's kind of, it, it would be a really hard thing to do. They got so many characters in this movie that they're gonna that they're fitting in and, and trying to make them fit cohesively to tell a story and yet give them a little bit of justice, even if you know, which is gonna be hard with all these characters. So to introduce a brand new character, which again, yes, diehard Marvel fans will know who he is. The Marvel Cinematic Universe fans, people who aren't as diehard, you know, diehard readers of the books. That it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're gonna do that. I think if they really wanted to have Warlock be a fact factor in this, they would have made him prevalent in Guardians Two. Not just, yeah, not just hint at him coming, but they would have, they would have, they would have put him in. Yeah, he has much more to do with the Infinity stuff. I mean, he's he's a big part of the main story, I guess, but it, it's it's more after Thanos is done. What happens to the stones? That's that's more where Warlock comes into play. So I'd be interested to see if they introduce him. Will it be in that capacity? That is true too. Um, one of the, the to to me. One of the things I really liked about this trailer uh, was that little, more or less, like, ten-second clip of Cap and everybody arriving in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. I liked, I, I like, and obviously we, we talked about this way back during uh, Civil War, that obviously Cap and T'Challa are two characters that should be pretty much uh, lock, marching lock and step nine times out of ten. Because they are essentially the same kind of internally, they're the same kind of character with the same kind of moral compass. Well, that scene actually leads me to something that we'd spoken about on the show before. Have you now read both of the Infinity War Prelude no, comics? I I haven't gotten my comics since my comic shop was supposed to get them back in. So I okay. don't know if he. I if I had to bet, unfortunately, based on the way things go, I would suspect he didn't pull them for me. Um. So before before I talk more about the trailer, tell me so tell me what you were gonna. Say related to that. Well, I'm pretty sure we talked about it last time. This entire time, Cap has been running Black Ops. Essentially, right. he's not in Wakanda. He's not in contact necessarily with Wakanda. But he and like uh, Black Widow and and some of the others are have been running Black Ops missions. In the comic, it looks like um, Hawkeye has gone back home. He's you know back in you know his sort of retirement uh, phase. Um, and Vision is dating uh, is dating Wanda. It looks like because they're seen together. It's kind of taking a stroll somewhere, uh, arm in arm. Uh, so it's just kind of him and Falcon and uh, and Widow kind of doing their own thing, uh, which I kind of like because it's a callback to Winter Soldier. Uh, but it looks like they're running just sort of Black Ops missions. 
Uh, and by, I guess it, that, that sounds kind of bad, depending on your definition of black ops, but they are running these various, uh, missions kind of incognito under the radar. Yeah, they're, pol- they're, 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 poli- they're policing the world, just not un- in an unauthorized fashion. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think, I think Wanda might be there for, for one of them. I'm, I'll pull up the digital issue. It would make, now, it, it would, but yeah. It would make, it would make sense if, if, if that were the case. But it's good having, yeah, it's good having the reunion, you know, back back in Wakanda, which obviously will lead to, you know, Cap finding out that, you know, not only that Bucky's alive and well, and hey, now he's got his arm back. Uh, but it also, it also, that part of the trailer is also relevant. That whole ten second thing, beginning with uh, the arrival in Wakanda and rolling over to Shuri, it's all, it's very important too because it, it kind of seems to substantiate, at least potentially. A lot of the rumors about what's going on and why they were, why they were, why they are there to begin with, about the idea of protect, of protecting the the mind stone, because the vision, the vision obviously is still alive. We see the vision in the background when they're all coming coming back to Wakanda. Now we've also seen other scenes of the, of the vision looking like he's injured and he's damaged. So probably putting pieces together based on what we've seen, this is probably after that scene from the trailer where they were. Uh, what's her face? Uh, what's her name from the Black Order? I'm trying to think. I don't. That. I don't know. Uh, Maxima, something Maxima, Approxima, Proxima Midnight. Is that what it is? Proxima Midnight, I think. I, I I don't know. I think that's it. Well, when they're trying to pull the stone out of out of his head, it looks like number one. It just seems to substantiate the fact that they fail, but the, but the vision is damaged in the process. So the vision they take so so the vision goes to Wakanda seemingly they go to Wakanda to protect the Mind Stone, and the thing and the cool thing is especially when you slow it down and you look frame by frame is that when Shuri's looking at the hologram, it you know the vision is on the table, so she's looking at the hologram of the vision and she sees the hologram of the vision's face with the Mind Stone on it, and that also seems to point to another rumor about what happens in the movie is that Shuri figures out a way to take the Mind Stone out of the vision's head. Uh, to protect him and to protect the stone, but not where it's it's not where the fear is. You take the mind stone out, it kills him. That she seeming that it seems to point and that substantiate the possibility at least that that is something that does happen. That she figures that she figures out the, like, if you will, the symbiotic relationship between the vision and the stone, and it either and comes up with a way to separate them and or substitute something else for the stone, whether it's vibranium or something else to replace it, to replace it so i kind of yeah like, um I, I just finished looking flipping through it it's uh yeah it's it's just it's just falk uh widow and cap uh running missions because wanda's with vision uh scott is with cassie his daughter uh and uh hawkeye's back home so yeah it's just three of them been running black ops missions well if i really find i really find it interesting that and again, this could just be by the nature of the mission, or you, it makes you wonder what kind of fallout has happened since Civil War. Because obviously, theoretically, uh, the Vision was still part of Tony's team when Civil War ended. But at the very least, it seems like he's kind of like gone off on his own to be with... To, I, think, I think what happened to Rhodey really got to him. Yes, and that also, and Rhodey's another one, that because obviously Rhodey is another one that ends up in Wakanda. So yeah. it makes you wonder... What, it makes you wonder whether there is again more fallout between him and Tony, or whether that's just what Tony's thing, where where Tony puts him either to protect, 
seemingly to protect him. Maybe he's doing that on purpose to try to protect Rhodey and keep him out of as much harm's way as, he, as possible, considering if there's any safe place, that would be the place to put him. So I'll be curious to see what the deal is what the deal is with, with Rhodey, because it just seems like pretty much almost the entire Avengers team ends up with Cap. The only real, I mean, there doesn't, there really isn't any true Avenger that looks like he's fighting along, you know, Tony at least when they're on that part of Titan. I mean, you, you can count Spider-Man, but we know he's not officially, he never officially joined the Avengers because he had that chance at the end of Homecoming and he and he declined. So yeah, and it's it's curious how the how the how the Accords affected the rest of the world too because in Jessica Jones season two, which we talked about, they mentioned the raft. Multiple times. Yes, they did. Yep, they did. So, so the world knows about what's going on, which means shouldn't Jessica be someone trying to approach her at some point about signing the accords? I mean, she's not she's not superheroing, but she is a super powered individual in New York City. Right. So, I mean, does that do, do the accords just apply to superheroics, or do they apply to superhumans? Or does it just apply to basically the sanctioned group known as the Avengers? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's uh, it, it, it shouldn't because, by the way, in, in in Marvel's Agents of Shield, which I know you debate me on this somewhat, uh, but in Marvel's Agents of Shield, they do mention the Accords quite a few times, and any of the Inhumans working for this, or any Inhumans working for Shield have signed the Accords. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Maybe it just but, hasn't crossed the line yet to be more like the you know the registration act. And, yeah. You know, so maybe that maybe maybe the maybe who knows maybe that's a conscious choice to keep that open just so you could they could theoretically revisit something, whether it's for the TV shows or whether it's um whether it's in the movies. Yeah. I I like I'm speaking of the Wakanda stuff. I I really find it. In, I also like the part where they're all flying on the ships, heading off into preparing for battle. I just like how, I, first of all, it's just interesting that Bucky and, and Natasha are on the same ship because obviously if there's two characters that have had a really bad relationship so far, it's those two. <laughs> they, have a, they have a long-standing bad relationship, which obviously if we you know Bucky's programmed, and obviously, and you also know that Natasha is naturally sympathetic, not necessarily to Bucky personally, but because but to Steve. Via Bucky, <laughs> that but it's just interesting how not just how you know it would make again it makes perfect sense for T'Challa and Cap to be so simpatico because of the fact that again the two two birds of, the, of a feather, but just the way she looks over at him, unless she unless because I don't think because Bruce isn't on that ship right Bruce isn't on the ship with T'Challa and Steve I don't think no but he Bruce is uh, it looks like at Avengers Tower with uh, War Machine and Widow. Yeah, I that that is if, and that one scene they, when they're looking up. If that is if that is an Avengers Tower, on, like which it could be. It looks it like Avengers Tower, and it's set up like it because the intro to the the film to to the trailer is the thing falling from the sky, and everybody looking at it. So well, they're yeah. looking more or less straight up, and it looks like it's falling over New York. Well, yeah, but don't forget. Well, don't forget, but Black Widow wouldn't be Black Widow wouldn't be in New York unless there's a reason. They're on the they're on the lam. They're not going to be at Avengers headquarters, or they're not going to be in a public place. So I mean, they might be. It depends on what what point in the movie that circle thing well, comes well, out of the sky. Well, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, and there and there are some scenes that seemingly indicate that Cap that like Cap, Natasha, and at least uh, 
I think Falcon end up going back to Avengers headquarters, which could be could be when Tony finally picks up that phone, which may be after they come. Which 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 again, trying to piece things together might be where it would ha- almost have to be after what happens in New York the first time. Then they would call Cap and and then they more or less maybe get a get get a get a truce with Ross and everybody else so these guys can come back. To, to headquarters, and that's when they divvy up and they split into their two, their two teams with Tony going out into space, and Cap and everybody else going to Wakanda. So this, so yeah, it could be it could be at Avengers headquarters after after these characters have returned some part in the movie, and if it's not, it would have to be Wakanda. Those are the only two places it would seemingly make sense. It depends where it depends where Bruce Banner and Natasha have their have their uh, you know first meeting again. I think too. Um, hmm. But yeah, that 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 seems cool. I'll be curious to see, you know, what kind of. I wouldn't expect War Machine to have a lot of, of footage, a lot of time. Uh, I'm, I'm, let's see. I do. I'm I'd be curious to, about Valkyrie's role, if any. Yeah, she's an, she's another one that if she, it's. That's right, because she's still she's still on that ship too, right? She's uh-huh. still on that ship, so. That's, I mean, as, as I'm also curious about Korg, but I really doubt we'll see him. Yeah, there, they, but. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that's why it does. It does leave, it does leave a mystery still. You know, whether all, how many of these characters are going to, whether they're all being wiped out except a select few. Whether some of them are being. Remember, remember, you can make it. You can make a case that half half of that ship will survive, since what Thanos seems to be all about is balance. And he mm-hmm. seems to be, and all he seems to be all about wiping out half of everything. So it's possible. Maybe he he's allowing half he would allow half that ship to live or again maybe that that's related to, to you know maybe that's Loki makes that maybe Loki does something and gets them the hell out of there the ones that are left and so that's why I I'm very curious to see I think yeah the beginning's gonna be really gonna be really interesting uh, I I do like the flashback scenes with Thanos when you see him wearing especially when he's wearing the armor that's pretty cool. I definitely hope we get to see him in current continuity time wearing the armor at some point too, uh, which I think is hinted at, but you don't. But it's still the way the way it's edited. It's not. It's not a sure thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Spider-Man is always good. I mean, the scenes with Spidey are pretty good. I like watching Spidey look at the whole, kind of watching the whole Tony and Star Lord thing, and it's like, wow. Because uh, they both all kind of have the same smart-ass personalities, just that Peter's not quite as obnoxious. As either one of those guys, and obviously the end scene with him and Doctor Strange was funny. It was really funny, and I liked it where they they purposely seemingly raised the volume on that part of the trailer just so you couldn't miss, so you could not miss the banter between the two of them. Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange. I'm Doctor Strange, and how powerful Doctor Strange is is going to be one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing in this trailer, <clears throat> along with the Scarlet Witch and. Since it looks like she's going to be doing a lot more heavy lifting on the surface than the vision, but, well, but that could be because of what happens to the vision when they try to take the stone from him, and maybe that maybe that'll change. Like if as, if uh, Shuri's able to work her magic, then maybe maybe he'll be more of a you know he'll he'll play more of a factor because because the vision he was he wasn't in that scene when they, when everybody was rushing into battle from the last trailer was he? Was he I don't think that? so. I don't think so either. So that makes so that makes so that makes me wonder, may, or maybe it's one of those things where maybe she's working like hell to get that stone out of his head, but when the battle even begins, she still hasn't done it yet. And maybe. Well, that's why Thanos attacks Wakanda, is because he knows that the mind yeah, stone yeah. is there. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's going, and all, but it also makes you wonder. 
See, it's a time. See, that's the other thing that's really intriguing is the time frame for all these things. Unless, again, it has to do with the Infinity Stones, where either Thanos can be in two places at once, or it seems that way. Like, when, what's the context of when he's fighting Doctor Strange and Thor and uh, Iron Man and, and Star Lord versus when he's fighting uh, in Wakanda? Because it looks like he's got the same number of stones on his glove in both in both uh, scenes. So it does make you. So that makes you wonder if it's almost. If, Maybe he is that powerful at that point to be able to like literally be fighting in two places at once. Uh, just look, it just looks really, really good. And the, and the good news is, while I didn't necessarily think they needed another trailer before the movie came out, I don't think I think this was a win-win for them. Not just because it got people really excited and also seemed to you know again raise the stakes of oh, you know, is like are they going to kill Cap? Are they going to kill Iron Man? You know, they hinted, basically they hinted all three of the core Avengers dying. I think it's the one you, the one you I would bet the farm on ain't going anywhere is Thor. I don't think Thor is going to die, uh, especially since it looks like in context him getting his head crushed is from the beginning of the movie. You know, so I think that's the in the beginning of the movie, not after he gets his weapon and whatever role he plays. They're kind of really they're kind of really again a character that they're really not showing scenes. Their only scenes they show of Thor seem to be right in the beginning with the Guardians, and then when he when he's like forging his weapon, but nothing after that. So it th looks like Thor might have a very big role to play, too, in defeating Thanos, but they're just kind of, like, keeping that in, in the dark. But, I'll, yeah, but I'm just going to be curious to see, uh... I, I don't think Thor will... I don't think Thor will die, obviously. They, 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 they hint heavily at either at potentially Cap and Iron Man dying. And then the question is, if they did both die in this movie, depending on what the plot of Avengers 4 is, since we already know that movie is going to either involve 8,000 flashbacks and or, if it's not flashbacks, it's time travel, that maybe some of this stuff can be out. Some of this stuff can be out, out you know, be corrected, even though, because all Feige really said was that some, Fe, I don't think Feige ever said that every single character that dies in this movie stays dead. He just says that, he just made it clear that there's going to be some, per, you know, permanality to some of the deaths in some of the deaths in this movie that not everything's going to be erased pretty much that some people are going to die and they're going to stay dead but that doesn't mean everybody who dies stays dead nor does it mean that some somebody who died uh, could and we haven't seen in a while could come back because I wouldn't be surprised if Quicksilver ends up coming back by the end of Avengers 4 I wouldn't be surprised about that he did sign that multi he did sign that multi-picture deal, which always was threw people off, which was clever on purpose, because people assumed, oh, Elizabeth Olsen and what Aaron Taylor Johnson, they are not going anywhere because they signed multi-picture deals. So that was a nice little way of throwing people, really throwing, making people feel that both of those characters were safe. But so it doesn't, so certainly they could bring Quicksilver back, and it wouldn't be take a lot of heavy lifting from a, you know, from a contractual perspective to bring him back. All right, moving on to the next topic. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else, anything else in the in the trailer. Was there, there was nothing else that caught, that you wanted to zero in on? I'm, I'm just. I'm spent on it. We've, <laughs> I, I, we we got a lot we, out of it actually. We did. We got more yep. than I. Yeah, I think I think we can. I think we can move on. All right. Well, it was announced today, yesterday, today. that uh, Venditti is leaving uh, Green Lantern Corps or Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps with issue number fifty. Uh, he that issue 50 will be the finale of a three issue arc, his final arc, uh, and he is already the writer on Damage, 
which is one of the titles spinning out of DC Metal. Uh, and he will be writing a new Hawkman series, which, <laughs> ironically, interests me. I've added it to my pull list because curious to see what they do with Hawkman now that all this Come stuff uh, in me, the DC Metal storyline has spun out of kind of his nth metal lore and, and all that good stuff. So <laughs> I will be, uh, you know, he, he's, he's leaving the book, but he's starting work on another book, which I will also be picking up. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> you, this one I'm not obligated to read, Venditti, so you have to, you have to, uh, you have to really hold my attention with it. Um, but yeah, he will be uh, leaving with issue 50. So um, what does that mean for your uh, Parallax stuff, Mark? <laughs> well, for, before I even go there, you're going to love this because this is luck of the draw, but somehow it worked perfectly. I just had – I was – I was, you know how occasionally you're on a site and, and, and sounds start playing, which really suck for my headset because it ends up on the on the audio. But the thing that play started playing on the headset right when you were after or while you were talking about Hawkman was "Come Fly with Me," <laughs> so you don't even have to edit it out. It's perfect. <laughs> like, yes. In fact, if I didn't say anything, people would have thought you put that in on purpose. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the the beauty of podcasting, uh, and the beauty of these of stupid websites playing audios and videos automatically. God, it's annoying. Uh, I don't know. I know it makes it. I, we talked about this earlier. It makes me really nervous now about whether we're seeing, whether we're, we're seeing parallax or not. Uh, we know issue fifty is going to finish that arc. Uh, and actually, it also makes me really nervous that that friggin' Dark Star's arc, lead, like the leading into his final arc, is friggin' long. I mean, the solicits just came out today. Uh, for what is it? Is that June? June, right? I think the June solicits came out today. My God, I mean this that. That thing is at least this, at least six issues long so far, and it might be a seven-issue arc for this Dark Star stuff. That that arc, I mean, and this, and I would feel the same way even if he wasn't leaving. That arc better be friggin' spectacular to be that long. You know, there better be a lot of really interesting stuff going in there to last that many issues. But so that mean, uh, I don't know. I I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know what. I guess it probably increases that the odds we're not seeing Saint Walker. <laughs> Doesn't mean we're not. I'm just saying, and it also depends on whether whether his final arc, whether he altered that at all once he once he knew he was going to leave, whether that changed any of the ideas or the things that he wanted to do. It's also curious, you know, does that mean the title's ending, or does that mean uh, just his run is ending? Because it's entirely possible that they kill one Green Lantern book and start up another. Uh, now, what would that book be? What would it look like? Yeah, it would be roughly the same characters for the most part, so why kill the book? But at the same time, it's possible. Um, it's yes, especially, the especially with them, sorry, especially with them starting over with so many number one issues now, it does make you, it does make you wonder, I really, I really hope that's not what they're going to do. Because I mean, it's 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 really getting old having all these volumes and volumes and volumes and and everything else. But yeah, green. It looks. Let's see. So it's got it's, it has to be just a six issue arc because that's that takes that takes us up to Green Lantern in the core of 47, which would mean 48 and 49 and 50 would be a three issue arc, which would wrap it up. So but right. so so that pretty much answers that it will be a six issue arc. But that's that's still a huge arc, man. Uh, I hope we. It would suck not to see Parallax. I mean, 
then again, I mean, I'm being honest, being trying to be objective, considering none of us were thrilled. Very few of us, you and I were not thrilled with how we handled Parallax when we when he used him the last time, that maybe it would be better to wait to let somebody else who might do a better job handle the character. But it is green, but it is a, a version of a Green Lantern book with Hal in it, number 50, so to not have Parallax in it. Uh, now, because they announced that, Hal, that John Stewart's going to be rolling over into the Justice League as a Green Lantern in that book, that does kind of open the door... If, if they're not going to start the title all over again, it certainly would indicate there's got to be a shakeup with the with the current continuity because it's, it doesn't have to be, but it's kind of it's kind of hard to imagine John being the leader of the core, and then and also being the active member of you know they're almost all the time member of the Justice League. Yeah, um, Corbin asked us on Twitter, what, "Who do we think's taking over?" Um, I have an idea. I think it's it, it's it's uh, eight parts wishful thinking, two parts um, possibility. Peter Tomasi. Um, that's my guess. Uh, now it's very rare that you know somebody writes a title for a long time, quits, and then comes back and writes the title again for an extended run. Although Ron Mars did do it uh, with the the Kyle Rayner stuff. Um, but to be fair, but when he came back, he knew the series was ending. Right. So, um, so it'd be, it'd be rare, but this news, uh, about how Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps comes, uh, off of the heels, not the heels, uh, in terms of like immediately, but relatively soon after I hear that the Super Sons comic is being canceled. And who's that written by? Peter J. Tomasi. Um, he's, you know, been in that super Superman world for a little while now. So, I mean, I can see him sticking with that. Who, who doesn't want, uh, as a, as a comic book writer, who doesn't want a chance to insert their own mark onto the mythos that is Superman. Um, so I, I get that. And then what the one title canceling doesn't necessarily mean that, all of a sudden, he's free for another one. He doesn't have like a set quota of books he has to put out <laughs> for them. Um, but I think it would be cool, and there is at least somewhat of a precedent for him to come onto this book because his other book is ending. And what about and is the Superman book done too? Uh, I don't know about that, but I do know that Super Sons is done. I'm trying to look, I'm trying to scroll through those solicits real quick because obviously we know we know well they're start they're starting up Man of Steel, which the cover for number one came out with uh, Yves, uh, Yvonne Hayes his artwork it was, yep. looks pretty fantastic. So so yeah, so yeah I mean there's a probably I'm um, again I don't I don't see I mean we know Action Comics isn't going anywhere it's just it doesn't look like there it doesn't look like there's one that month. Uh, I'm trying to see. They are listed alphabetically, so I guess if there was one, it would have been, it would have been at the top of the. But we know Action Comics is, they're about to do their big anniversary issue, so it's possible, maybe. But I thought I, I thought I, I could be wrong. I thought I did read that 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 Tomasi's book was even for, even that either way that was being there was going to be a shakeup. It's possible, but I know for sure Super Sons is done. Right. It would be interesting to see. It would be interesting to have him take over that book, especially because you know he's not really used to writing Hal on a regular basis. Yeah. So 
that that. Would but be it technically is the Green Lantern Corps. Right. So, but it, but again, it would be, and and who knows? Maybe that would be part of the appeal. Not that he necessarily didn't like, you know. Obviously, there was just a huge shakeup when, uh, you know, when the, the creative teams left. So it wasn't like pe- people were, you know, burnt. they hated what they were doing, or they or they wouldn't want to touch touch the material again. But it would be maybe a more of an entice, an enticing uh, little bone to throw out in front of somebody to know that, uh, yes, you, you can kind of go home again, but plus you get this added wrinkle that now you get to use this character that you really, really never got to use before because he was in the other book. It'd be also interesting if Sam Humphreys got it. Yeah, but I don't know if that would be. I don't know, <laughs> but honestly, and I'm and I'm and I'm not being a smartass at all. Do you, but how would you feel about that? Would you think that? Would you feel good nope. about that? No. Uh, it, it it really depends. Like again, my my issues with the Sam Humphreys run on uh, Green Lanterns has more to do with. The Green Lanterns featured in that book, yeah, than 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 his story arc and his storytelling potential. Um, so as well as editor issues. Um, so it, it my default reaction would probably be like, oh no, but you know, I would I would definitely like you know think about it a little bit and then kind of calm down and come to a conclusion that I'll give it a little bit before I pass judgment. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, uh, he 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 kind of made me care about Jessica, but he really he did it at the expense of killing Simon, whatever right. goodwill we had towards Simon Baz. So I don't know if I'm really looking for his voice on other characters if it means killing more of what we already have. So my only my only concern. Or my major concern would be that if he was going to get that book, he would damn well, as far as I'm concerned, he would have to real, he would actually have to do more research on Green Lantern lore uh, to know a little bit more. He was he was able to get, he was able to get by with it in Green to a large to a certain extent. Obviously, we know some people. Uh, one billion years ago, Chad. <laughs> Chad, one billion years ago, Bulkman. <laughs> ten, ten, ten. Oh, you're right. I'm, you're right. I screwed that up. Ten million. Actually, ten billion. That's right. Everything was ten billion years ago. Uh, that he was able to get away with a lot of that stuff because he was using green, two Green Lanterns also that were co- like almost a complete blank slate and people didn't know much about them and it was and it was a good jumping on book for people that didn't that didn't have for people that didn't know that much about Green Lanterns they could have gotten on that book and started reading it because of the new characters or but if you go back if you're taking over the main book and you're dealing with pretty much every part of the Green Lantern mythos. You at least need to know what's happened. At the very least, you need to kind of like bring yourself up to snuff what's happened like in the last like five to five to seven years of crap. At the very least, uh, in general terms, some things you don't care about, but I mean, you need to have a general idea of what's of what's what's happened in that book. So you would, so somehow you'd have to be primed. You'd have you'd have to be primed for that. Uh, I don't really, yeah, I don't really think that's gonna happen. Uh, but I don't know. It's 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 tough. It's a it's like I don't think. It was mildly surprising when when, when when we saw that, but but you and I have talked about it. Before. We've talked about it. We kind of we kind of figured on two levels, like like the Green Lanterns book. We kind of figure at some point something's got to give just with the concept of that book. That it's hard to imagine that book can survive with that concept unless DC is just willing to say we don't care how many books this 
How many books we don't sell, we're keeping this book going for whatever reason. That at some point you would think the concept alone of that book is going to make it unsellable. Uh, get you to the point of no return. But we also kind of were thinking, we kind of think we both thought that we, we probably were getting close to the end of the Venditti era. He's, he's going to be on this book for about five years. Green Lantern. Writing, writing a, one of the Green Lantern books for five years because Jeff Johns left in, tw- in I think, May of 2013 because Jeff Johns' last issue. So technically speaking, Robert's going to last longer than full five years because he's not going to finish up until over the summer, until I guess into August, since uh, he should have two July issues and then one one issue in August should be – that's when the 50th issue should come out. So five five years is a pretty good chunk of change. So from a longevity perspective, he's, he absolutely he's had a good run. And But we did kind of – I think we both kind of figured at some point, again, just from a sales perspective, that the book has really not been holding on to sales. It continues to go down. Whatever whatever little boost they got out of from the Rebirth era compared to where they were in the new 50, when the New 52 ended, that's all gone. So the book really – even though we, we do we, – I mean – I think I can safely speak for you on this that we both like that book best of the two. That we yeah. that, that's our favorite book. That's the book that's most enjoyable to read because of the characters, not always necessarily because of the plot that we get, but overall when you compare the characters with the story being told, we absolutely look forward to that book a hell of a lot more than Green Lanterns. And that's not a, and that's not a condemnation of Seeley or necessarily a Humphreys. It's just an overall referendum on. Again, the nature of that book and the dynamic that book has to exist under. But that being said, going back to, going back to to Robert, the reality is, we kind of you know we, I think we we knew we were get, we had to be getting close to getting the, for you know it's time for a change. It's time for a change that we knew we had to be getting close to that turnover. So it makes me kind I. I it's kind of hard not to be somewhat optimistic because, again, you know, while these, while obviously we we could have been much more disgruntled than we were with Hal and the Core, uh, the book overall has been pretty pretty solid. Again, the, the consistent criticism criticisms that we've always had circling around the setup doesn't usually equal the payoff, but it's been a good book. He's done a good job having all these characters to play with. So if he had had more of these characters during his original run, in an, uh, from like issue 21 on in the New 52, I'm sure he would have done a better job. Probably if he had not stuck, if they had not decided to do that whole uprising Durlin thing that just sucked the life out of like two books for as long as it did, I think that would have probably helped their cause more too. Uh, hey, speaking of somebody, how about Van Jensen coming back? Yeah. That I'd be yeah. that that uh, I would I think I'd be fair I would be fairly interested in that I think I'd be certainly more interested than Humphreys taking taking Green Lantern Corps bringing Van Jensen back I since he start just started to really get you know to really start getting his uh his legs when they pulled when they pulled the rug out from underneath him and killed it after uh, convergence so yeah that's I mean that would that would be kind of cool but well I guess we're gonna find out but. Well, obviously, a lot of upheaval in the Green Lantern books. So that's that's like two new writers in the past. Like, by the time it actually the transition takes place, it'll be maybe like you know within half a year of each other. But certainly the announcements have been, uh, yeah, uh, not surprising, but could be good, could be bad. I guess we're gonna have to really wait and see. 
All right, what's next? Uh, little tidbits. Uh, speak. This would have been. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I was gonna say, but would have segued very well with the, the Infinity War talk. But Black Panther. We talked about this, I believe, last week. How Black Panther was probably gonna take out uh, the Avengers. Had a good shot to take out Avengers as the overall MCU. Not adjusted for inflation. We have to point this out. Because if you adjust the Avengers for inflation, it still like a, still has like a hundred million dollars over Black Panther, so it would never catch that if you would factor in the adjustment. But without a, a non-adjustment, you know, non-adjusted numbers, Black Panther absolutely now will pass the Avengers probably by the end of this weekend, this coming weekend, as the biggest grossing Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. At least now, at least until Infinity War opens, <laughs> probably still after Infinity War, because Infinity War would really have to have a huge hold. Uh, and it's it'll be heading into a much busier time frame to hold. It's going to be a harder time. Black Panther, there's no doubt Black Panther kicked ass and no one would have ever seen this coming. Black Panther had an easier road to it because there's been a lot of crap in the box office and stuff people haven't been interested in for the last like two months, a month and a half. Uh, so it's going to be harder for Infinity War to do this. You know, even if people love it as much as Black Panther, it would just be hard. But as we speak, Black Panther sitting at $605 million. Uh, and the Avengers, I believe, is at six. I think it's at six twenty-two. So by the time you factor in what it does, is six twenty-three, six a little over six twenty-three. So once Black Panther gets done doing whatever it's going to make, you know, mon- Monday through Thursday, and then you figure in the box office. Since Black Panther also continues to have an inc- week after weekend after weekend, the percentage drop this movie has is just amazing because it keeps becoming less of a drop every week. Two weekends ago, it dropped like 38%. This weekend, it only dropped 34%. So unless it all of a sudden takes this huge plunge, it's it will do it. You know, even if it drops a little 30, even if it drops like 35%, it still should have enough just by in raw numbers at the end of this weekend. Uh, obviously, Tomb Raider didn't open up particularly well. I don't, I can't. I don't think you can say it underachieved. I didn't think it was going to do much more than it did. Obviously, your unfortunately your movie. Uh, Wrinkle in time, that pretty much is kind of dropped like a rock. So that's gonna that's gonna be gone pretty quickly from from the at least domestically. It's pretty much because it already dropped to like fourth, which was a surprise. And went dropped fifty percent. And with uh, Pacific Rim coming out, which will probably win the weekend just because it's 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 time, not because Black Panther wouldn't take it out normally, but because Black Panther is. Unless unless Pacific Rim completely tanks and does like less than like 20 million dollars in its opening weekend, that it should just by war of attrition, it should win. But Wrinkle in Time's not doing well. It's only made like 71 million worldwide at this point, so that's not really gonna do much. And the only other thing I wanted to talk about, which was kind of relation related to that too, to movies, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine supposed to start filming in July. And Indiana Jones 5 is supposed to begin filming in April of 2019. Hmm. So, With uh, Shia LaBeouf? Uh, <laughs> not as, God help us, but I don't think so. I think the only, th- the only, I think the only thing we know at the moment is it's obviously it's supposed to be Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg is directing. I think that's, I think that's all we know right now is that... Uh, and, and and they have a and they have a release date for it. The release date is July twentieth, twenty twenty. So it's twenty twenty twenty, seven twenty twenty twenty. So that'll be kind of cool. 
uh, depending what the, the script is, uh, and obviously they're gonna have they will have to compensate for Harrison Ford's inability to run around very fast anymore. <laughs> but but he but he has, uh. but he has passion for the but he has passion for the character. So at least at least the odds are he's not gonna mail that in because of the fact that. Uh, not that I not that I thought he mailed in Han Solo in Force Awakens. I actually thought that was probably his best Han Solo since Empire, since he probably he essentially did mail it in in Jedi. But I don't think he. But I think he actually had a little bit of enthusiasm. But was more Han Solo like in Force Awakens. But I, I think for, he he loves Indiana Jones, and you you, you kind of know you're living on borrowed time being able to make those movies at this point. So I think he'll I think he'll bring whatever you know whatever his A game is. I think at this point, I think he will. I think he will bring it. <laughs> There's one other bit of news that uh, I uh, I was looking at, and uh, I was just kind of browsing Facebook. It has nothing to do with uh, anything we ever talk about, but I just wanted to bring it up because uh, <laughs> it's it's funny. Uh, Comicbook.com just recently posted an article as I post as I say this about one hour ago. Comicbook.com headline: Marvel announces Dazzler. And I just saw that. I, I just saw your. They're going to be a I, I just saw your post two seconds before you said it. I didn't get a chance to even read it yet, but I saw it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, said, I commented. Nobody remembers that Black Canary series DC did anymore, do they? Because the uh, the solicit because this is not a series. So the Dazzler one shot. The solicit says, uh, and from the article, the one-shot finds Dazzler leading a new band involved in the Brooklyn punk scene. <laughs> that, uh, that sounds thrilling. <laughs> it's all glitter and glamour in the underground punk scene until Dazzler stumbles upon a part of her world that's dangerous and violent. Now it's up to Dazzler to protect her dedicated, inhuman fans, even if doing so means that she has to turn to her own past for clues and answers. Now, as much as I can try to make fun of Dazzler, I'm not gonna lie. I read when I was a, when that book first came out, I did read it. I did read it. Uh, yeah, I mean, because she was, the X Men were kind of getting big then, um, although they kind of had already started their their climb up. But I and and I think I'm trying to remember they had some in, in the original Dazzler series. They had some interesting, they had some interesting guest stars that you would they would bring in. They would constantly bring in. Which, which makes sense because obviously she's a relatively unknown, an unknown super, superhero mutant over there. So they're going to be constantly shipping in uh, other characters to try to proper, to try to proper book up. But I do actually have, I have fun as cheesy as she is and as a perfect representation of the decade she was created in, or the the decade she blossomed in, as she is. I still have, I do have fond memories of. Of Dazzler, what the hell's her name? Allison something. I forget what her last name is. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, no, that doesn't mean I'm gonna have any interest in buying that one shot. <laughs> but it is a character I, I, it is a character I, depending how they do justice to her, whenever she, you know, whenever she shows up on the screen, I am kind of curious. So because I do have sentimental attachment to her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, actually, I think we we had a pretty action-packed, informed episode. Considering we're in the, we probably would, we might have guessed like the thirty minute, the thirty-five minutes and under on this one if we, if we would have put money on this before we started to record. 
So I guess this episode does have a reason to exist after all, considering. Or not. <laughs> I was waiting all right, for, guys. I was waiting for Chad to chime in, in with words of support, and obviously I was barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. What are we doing? Uh, all right, next episode is Earth One. Yes, Earth One will be next episode. Um, so, and again, I I do t- I take it for the t- t- take it for the team this time, and I do. It's it is on me. I, this seem I mean, we could have opted not to do this. I I, I mean I thought this was kind of a clever, uh, especially once the Venditti news broke. I thought that those the topic of Infinity War reaction, the trailer, and the Green Lantern, and certainly it's actually Green Lantern news, I thought that was good enough to, because we don't actually do, and also because we don't do that many episodes, that we don't have that much, any many breaking news episodes where something is so timely that we have an opportunity to strike when the iron's hot and get it out in the same week that the news is hot, as opposed to, oh yeah, now two weeks later, now we're talking about this trailer, <laughs> or, or this little bit of news, so it seemed, being topical seemed like it might might have been the way to go. And the good news is, or at least the Earth One thing is not, it's still going to be new when we're getting to it. And of course, for, for for people like me that ordered it on Amazon, it will be new because Amazon still ships the friggin' thing to arrive a week after the the street date for comic shops. <laughs> oh. All it. right. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>